From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. I stuck my head out the window and breathed the chill morning air as the train climbed into the Swiss Alps. We were on our way to some Baltic state to return one of their dignitaries and his family home. They had been staying as guests of the French government, but in his home country political allegiances had shifted, and now the ambassador was returning home to testify about something. With him was his wife and two children, a young boy named Radic and a teenage girl named Celine. The dignitary, Mr. Kalsik, he told us to call him was a portly man of sixty, and his wife a younger nervous woman who didn't seem to know what to make of two arc-light security agents sitting in their box. My dear, get in here, girl. Do you want to catch a cold? <laughs> Sorry, just waking myself up. If you are so eager to stretch your legs, mon petit capre, you can go and get us breakfast from the serving car. Ask for a hot meal for each of us. Here are some euros to pay for it. Shouldn't we get room service? <laughs> they do, but we do not. It seems our employers are subject to budget cuts like everyone else in France. Now go quickly, before I die of hunger. I have not eaten since yesterday morning. I thought you had a date last night. Dates, petite. And they were not in the mood for eating. Okay. All right, two meals coming up. I'll check with the lieutenant and Mickey to see what they want, too. As it was my first train ride into the Alps, I was more than a little giddy and happy for any chance to get out of the private car and see a new view. I had been through the Canadian Rockies before, but this was the Swiss Alps, and somehow they seemed so much bigger and more impressive thanks to their name. 
With the orders from all three of my teammates in hand, I headed back through the cars trying not to stare at the people like the country hick I felt I was. When I eventually arrived at the dining car, I found a line of well-dressed people waiting for breakfast, chattering away in a half dozen languages, and tried to be inconspicuous at the back in my nondescript and unfashionable travel clothes. Excuse me, little girl, is this the breakfast line? Yes, I think so. Oh, what a beautiful white cat you have, sir. Thank you. His name is Sasha. Would you like to pet him? Can I? Hello, Sasha. How are you, cutie boy? There, that's a good boy. You like that, don't you? Oh, what beautiful green eyes he has. Ouch! Did you hurt yourself? I am most sorry. It is a new collar. I bought it from a market yesterday. Who knows where these things are made today, eh? Is it serious? No, it's okay. Just a little prick. See? It's fine. You'd better be careful or it might hurt this green-eyed little cutie. They change color, you know. Really? Cat's eyes can do that? Oh yes, they change according to their mood. And if his eyes are green, that must mean he's happy to meet such a beautiful young lady. <laughs> thank you, sir. And thank you too, Sasha, you bad boy. So, where are you from, young lady? I would say Asia, but I know it's not so politically correct these days to assume such things. So many people are from so many places now, it's enough to make your head spin. Well, I'm from Manitoba, Canada, but my parents were from Korea. Sorry if that makes your head spin more, sir. <laughs> I will have to get used to it, it seems. Are you a backpacker? No, I'm traveling with friends. Oh, excuse me, sir. It's my turn. Two sausage boxes. Looking back now, box, I can see the danger I was box, in. Please. But at the time, it all seemed so harmless. Sorry, sir. I have to go back now. Nice meeting you. No, it was my pleasure to meet such an international lady. If we meet again, I am called Nikolai. Call me Uncle Nikolai. <laughs> okay, Uncle Nikolai. I'll say hi if I see you again. Bye. And bye to you too, Sasha. Obviously, not every dignitary rated a top-flight parahuman combat team watching over them. We'd been chosen because our charge was testifying against some high-rolling weapons dealers connected with the former government, and accordingly was expected to have some heavy hitters looking for him. The lieutenant told me that a lot of their work was like this, escort duties, which suited me well enough since I didn't like the alternative. The lieutenant herself was in a cabin near ours just sitting there like she was asleep, but I knew enough to know she was using her armor's sensor systems to watch for trouble. I just put the food down in front of her and quietly left. Mickey was standing guard outside the private box, humming to herself uncertainly. One vegetarian. Hey, what are you humming? When I was sitting on the roof last night over the market, I heard a man humming a tune like this. I don't think he knew the whole song, but he kept humming this part. Now it's stuck in my head. Now that I think about it, I hear you humming a lot. Well, it's my hobby to pick up tunes, you know? Once I hear something, I always remember it. Really? That's so cool! I think I'm tone deaf or something. The last time I tried to sing, they begged me to stop. Haha, <laughs> you better stick to that sketchbook of yours. It'll be easier for all our ears. Gee, thanks. 
Are you coming in? Tell Karen. Three, I've got unusual signals coming from the last car. I want you to check it out. Two, be ready to back her up. And four, get in there and stick close to our cargo. Yes, ma'am. Understood. Clear. I took deep breaths to calm down as Karen and Mickey moved past me, and I closed and locked the cabin door. The ambassador and his family seemed a little worried, but I smiled and did my best to assure them, saying that we were just doing a security check of the other cars. I don't think the parents believed me, but for the children's sake they played along, and I did my best to try and not look as nervous as I was. I was even starting to get queasy at the idea of trouble, and my heart was beating at a thousand times a minute as I listened over the calm to the others. This is three. I'm at the baggage car. The attendant says it's sealed for the duration of the trip till we reach the next city. Show him your ID and tell him you need to check for explosives. Won't that make him nervous? That's the idea. Two, when he opens that car, be ready for anything. I am always ready. Do it. Don't say it. Regardless, I am prepared. Three, give him the okay. It's open. Going in. Just a lot of bags and boxes in here. Is there anything I should be looking for, Chief? Just use your talents and see what you find. I don't smell anything. Wait. There's movement at the back. The boxes are opening and... What the hell? Three, what's happening? Four. Three is down. We've got dozens of them. They're coming out of the car and running through past me. What is two? Damn it, Karen. What's running past you two? Cats. Dozens of cats. Three was downed by cats? wanted to get up, to do something, but suddenly my head was swimming. I pulled off my glove and looked down at my finger. It was swollen and changing color. The family looked at me with concern. I shook my head and tried to act like nothing was happening. Four, this is one. I'm moving out to try to intercept them. Stay sharp and be ready for anything. One, this is four. Acknowledged. That was all I could manage to say. I closed my eyes and I started to focus on myself focus on using my chi healing abilities to rid my body of the poison. This was why Arc Light had pressed me into service. I had the ability to use my chi to heal myself and others. My ability to banish spirits had been a side bonus as far as they were concerned. I imagined a white light flowing throughout my body, imagined it pushing the darkness I could sense within out. My next moment of awareness was the sound of the locked carriage door clicking itself open. What? No smile for Uncle Nikolai, young lady? I went for my gun, trying to get it out, but my arms didn't want to move yet. Nikolai stood over me, gun in hand. My... My pets have taken care of your comrades, and now, Mr. Ambassador, I must ask that you accompany me. We will be picked up shortly, and I would not wish to be late. I was not requested to bring your family, so they will remain. But, should you think of doing something heroic... Sasha? Suddenly, three black cats ran in past his legs and jumped up to sit around where the ambassador's wife held her children to her, their tails twitching in the air. They may appear as cats, my friend, but they are bombs and they will go boom with quite a force, let me assure you. Now, sir, come with me, please. 
and they will be good kitties and let your family live. Then Nikolai was gone with the ambassador, and I was left looking across the cabin at his family and the cats. I have never liked cats, and I liked these things even less. As I lay there, my head started to clear, but there was still the problem of the cats. How could I get rid of them, I wondered. I might shoot one, but what if it exploded? There were also three of them, and what would the other two do, even if I did manage to take out one of them? Then as I thought about it, something occurred to me. Nikolai didn't think I'd be able to move for some time. What if the cats were only told to guard the family? So, I tried sitting up. One of them turned to look at me, but then after a moment it turned away and back to the family. I started to move for the door. No reaction. I gave the mother what I hoped was a hopeful look, and then slipped out and shut the door behind me. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you. One, this is four. Over. Two. Three. There was no answer. I checked my gun and ran down the hallway. I heard the first explosion as I reached the junction between cars. It was ahead of me, and up. I found an open hatchway and stuck my head out. Bits of fur and parts came flying over the side of the train, and there was a helicopter gunship circling around above us. Someone was fighting on the roof. I looked over the side of the train and into a valley that looked like it was half a kilometer below me. Well, Yang Suk, do you want to live forever? I shut my eyes and grabbed a rung, then swung myself out and started to climb. Arclight's relentless training was paying off. When I got to the top, my heart jumped. Karen and the lieutenant were standing on one end of the car, and on the other end, Right in front of me was Uncle Nikolai and the Ambassador. Between them were a dozen of Nikolai's robot cats, keeping my friends back. As I watched, brown cats fired off energy bolts, which Karen deflected, and the Lieutenant emptied her twin deathbeaters into a pair of black ones that charged at them. I am warning you, back off now! I have no wish to kill, but I will, if I must. Not going to happen, Nikolai. I've got more bullets than you have cats, and I don't think you plan to blow yourself up. You are right, but I have left some of my pretty blacks with his family and your comrade. If you do not back off, I will detonate them. Do you wish their blood to be on your hands? I remember being in my hiding place and watching the lieutenant hesitating when she heard that. It made me feel angry, and my cheeks burned. I didn't ask to join the team but I wasn't going to weigh them down. What I did next was stupid, but in retrospect, all I wanted to do was to hurt Nikolai, and I'd already realized something about Nikolai. He didn't wear any kind of headset, and in the cabin he'd said something I'd thought was odd. I grabbed my gun and hauled myself up onto the roof. I didn't even think. I just took aim and fired the moment he came into view. Hey, Uncle Nick! <gasps> How can you be here? Sasha's body began to twitch as the bullets hit it, and Nikolai screamed in pain. I think Sasha's claws had dug deep into him, because Nikolai twisted to pull him off. But in the process, he hit the ambassador. The ambassador stumbled and then dropped, 
rolling right off the other side of the train. I didn't know what to do. I was frozen in shock. I had just killed the ambassador. Four! Song! Yes? Yes, sir. Let me help you up. Uh, thanks. The cats had all gone motionless when I shot Sasha. Uncle Nikolai was sitting there on top of the train with one of Karen's paralysis seals slapped on his forehead, and the lieutenant helped me over to them. I thought you were dead. My comlink? Didn't you hear me order radio silence? He was tapping into our comms. No, he poisoned me. Right. No, he really did. Look. Song, it's okay. I believe you. Don't worry about it. Everything is good. But, but the ambassador, I, I killed him. Three, have you got him? Yes, sir. I have him. But I'd say his wife needs to put him on a diet. Miki was on the other side about to jump him when you started shooting. She got him as he rolled off. Good shooting, by the way. How'd you know to shoot the cat? Well... Before I could answer, I saw the reflection of the helicopter gunship in the lieutenant's visor, and then the world exploded into white and thunder. Team Iron Angel, Black Dawn of the Golden Age, Episode 2, Trainwreck. Written and produced by Robin Patterson. Starring, in order of appearance, Amanda Price as the narrator and Sung Poor. Fiona Thrail as Laurent. Tegan Harris as Mickey, 3. Elena as Stone, 1. Jared J. Lee as Nikolai. Opening music, Untitled by Peter Chen. Closing music, Cool Spies by Peter Chen. Find his work at soundclick.com. Additional music, Backbeat, from the iLife Jingles collection. Sound effects provided by freesounds.au, findsounds.com, and Axel of the VAA, the Voice Acting Alliance. Casting done on voiceactingalliance.com. This work and all characters within are copyright 2007 Robin Patterson. This step into audio and adventure and others can be found at kungfuactiontheater.com, where theater is spelt with an R-E at the end, because that's how it's done with style. Until next time, zaijian, bye-bye. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.